The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What's keeping you from being the best you can be? Whatever the issue, you can clear that obstacle and come out swinging. Welcome to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. On today's show, we will feature guest experts who can bring you the tools and ideas that you need to take the next step to your personal success. Now, here is Dr. Linda Sanicola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about financial management, and we are going to learn how not to should on ourselves with respect to finances. My guest is Nina Bagdasar. Nina's been with us before, but let me tell you a little bit about her. She is a certified financial planner and financial coach. She has been advising people on financial matters for over 20 years. Her passion is financial coaching from a holistic perspective. That is, she offers her clients a much wider scope than just financial planning. This wide and deep perspective helps uncover limiting beliefs that interfere with good financial skills. For example, she helps people understand that their attitudes about money were often learned when they were between five and eight years old. And oftentimes, weaknesses in a person's money issues are caused by a blind spot in a totally different area of their lives. Nina is able to help people understand those issues and then find solutions that address the limiting beliefs they might have and offer practical strategies to manage their money. Nina loves people more than money, and that philosophy shines through her work and her conversation. Welcome, Nina. Thank you so much, Dr. Linda. It's a great honor to be in your show. I love to talk to you, so um, thank you so much for having me. And, oh, it's my uh, like pleasure. To, thank you, and I would like to say to all my Finnish listeners. I'm originally from Finland, and I... I published in Facebook to all my Finnish friends that, hey, listen to me tonight, to this morning. So, Yes, I saw that, and I saw that some people answered back in Finnish, so, <laughs> so I don't know what they said. <laughs> but I'm sure it was nice. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Nina, as, as we get started, I know that your approach to financial management and the tools that you use and the way you work with your clients is very different than the traditional financial planner works. And can you tell us a little bit about how you got started with your holistic approach and what led to that? Yes, I'm glad to. Um, I In 2009, I had this you could call calling to start teaching ladies about financial planning because I noticed that uh, there was an article in Wall Street Journal that said that women, um, even if they make the same amount of money as men, 
um, in the same position, when they retire, they have only two-thirds of men, what men have. And I thought, well, why is that? And then um, I thought, well, maybe it's an educational thing, but it's also a belief system that men make more money and men are smarter in money and all that. And it, it uh, caused me to start, like I was on fire to teach ladies about money. And uh, I failed terribly because um, the financial planning as we know it is based on a left brain um, system. So that's a, a masculine system and it's based on analysis, strategies, uh, uh, action steps. And we women just don't feel really um, satisfied with that kind of approach. So. As soon as I realized I failed, I started to think, why did I fa fail, and how can I bring the feminine side? And, you know, men also have feminine side in them. So mm -hmm. how can we become more holistic so that we just don't think with our left brain that we could also bring the creativity and connectedness um, and that kind of energy into financial plans? So. Really, to use all of our resources. Yes, not limiting ourselves. Yeah, I like what you said about creativity and connectedness. Yes, uh, especially and, women thrive in, in feeling connected and realizing that they are not alone in these, mm -hmm. uh, these questions. Right, and, and I would imagine that the ability just to be able to connect with you and to feel like they can call and ask what may be considered, you know, a stupid question or... Mm -hmm. Anything at all is yes. very valuable to them. Yes, yes, and mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I don't think there are any stupid questions. So right, <clears throat> but that's where you know, oftentimes that's what, especially women think, because that brings us to the shoulds. I think, well, I should know this. They may say, or you know, they have some awareness of what they they um, ought to be doing, and so they'll say things like. Well, I know I should be saving more, or I should be more organized. And, and from your perspective, those shoulds really take us down the wrong path. Yes, the should, there's always a conflict in our mind when we say should. And, and especially I've noticed it with uh, uh, educated ladies, uh, they are so timid about asking questions because they think they should know. And mm -hmm. so... That is a, um, that's a, a hidden demand that we shouldn't know everything, but uh, we, we tell ourselves we should. Mm -hmm. And it, it's really impossible for everyone to know everything. And, and um, some of the basics that one would like to know, there's no place to learn those things. Yeah, and and, uh, and then there's a trust issue too. Like, who who do you trust? Uh, you go to internet, and and um, and there's all there are all kinds of answers, and both sides are represented. So, uh, so who do you trust? Where do you go? <clears throat> what are the resources that are good ones? Yeah. Yeah. So if if people say things like, "Well, I know I should save for a rainy day," why is that? the wrong way to approach thinking about it? Well, it's like uh, everything that uh, when we say should, that something should happen, um, it usually never happens because there is this conflict in our minds. 
uh, we um, the shoot voice is not ours to begin with. It is this inner voice that that is nagging at us, right? Oh. And and uh, and shoot also implies that that it's taking something away from us right now. Mm-hmm. When we should save for our retirement, that means we should not um, we should not go and buy a latte every day, or we should not buy those fancy shoes, or or buy drinks for our friends when we go out. So it it represents a loss in the moment, then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never really thought about it before, but the should voice is not originally our own. Like, you're talking about maybe a parental voice somewhere about, well, you should do that, you should take out the trash, you should get better grades, you should whatever. Yes, so there's a hidden demand in that should, and there's, it's a nagging, nagging us. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I guess we should go back and think who's nagging, listen to who's <laughs> nagging at us. Right, right. Or uh, I think one of the things that you also focus on is that, is with that should, and certainly if it was a, a parental nag, there may be an or else behind it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you should get straight A's or else, or you're going to be right. in trouble. Or You get punished. Uh, uh, the love is withdrawn. So we come back to that thing that, if we don't do what we should do, then somebody's going to withdraw love, and then we are in the place of fear. Mm. Because we always facilitate, facilitate between fear and love, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's... Now, that's something I'm thinking we... Most people don't usually connect with money. They don't usually see it that way. No, it... Um, most most people, when they think about money, and this is kind of sad to say, but uh, it is between greed and fear. Mm. And uh, it's it's my life purpose to change that from fear to love. Ah, uh, yeah, greed and fear, that's like between bad and worse, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's, it's interesting that, you know, that the implication of the should that, Takes, that puts exactly the energy that you don't want into it. Yes, yes. And, and you, you know, talking about creed, um, I had this talk about um, when, when the lottery winning were really big here. Uh-huh. The, yeah. uh, people were saying what they would buy and what they would do with their money. And so many people said, oh, I would invest it so that I would make even more money. And I'm thinking, uh-huh. you have hundreds of millions of dollars, and you still need more. <laughs> yes. so we have been conditioned that there is never enough, that we need more and more and more, and that's the creed. So how about if we step out of that and know there is enough? Right. And that's really a foreign concept, I think, <laughs> for most people. Yes. It's certainly in the United States. I don't know about elsewhere, but... You know, that there's not enough. And again, that's fear-based. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so are those the, some of the issues, the shoulds that you see most commonly and the issues that come up around those? Most commonly people say, I should save for retirement. I should not spend money frivolously. Um, 
So that's the basic thing um, I should save. And then we need to start thinking, okay, if we should do something, we won't do it because there's a conflict. Or even if we do it, um, we get no reward because we should have done it in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's, it's like uh, uh, people don't even celebrate whatever small positive step they m- might take because, after all, as you say, well, I should have done that a long time ago. Yes, yes, and it's and so it, totally wrong. <laughs> exactly, because there's no love in that, that's for sure. No. So self-love is so important, and, and therefore we, we, um, we want to fr- reframe our thinking from should to something better. Okay. So what, what can you give us a hint? What is that something better? <laughs> so uh, instead of saying to ourselves, oh, I should save, we make a choice that I choose to. I choose to spend un- money on myself. I choose to put money on the side for myself, for my future. Ah, uh-huh. And that's a pretty pr- powerful reframe, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And uh, and it really has a snowball effect. Once mm-hmm. once um, we start putting a li- even a little bit, you know, we we think we can't afford to pay ourselves first, uh, but uh, it really is the contrary. Once we learn to to pay ourselves first, we start seeing the positive of that, and we start feeling better about about ourselves and about our money. And uh, it changes the whole energy. Energy, yeah. Well, we can talk maybe about some specifics about that reframing when we get back from our break. So uh, we'll be right back with my guest, Nina Bagdasar. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you happy with your financial life? Or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. Are you happy in your life, or are you just settling? It's time to speak out, take control of your existence, and let your life speak. Bart Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice, and live the life that you deserve to live. Do more, be more, and give more. 
Tune in to A Hero's Journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit drsanicola.com. Again, that's drsanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. We are chatting today with financial consultant and coach Nina Bagdasar. And Nina's helping us learn how to move from fear to love with financial matters. And, you know, you were just saying about how important it is to reframe uh, our, our views from I should do this to I choose to do this. And in, in your experience, if you just tell somebody, that just th- you give them just those instructions, are they able to do that easily? No, we we actually have to like um, we have to make a plan and and start for by uh, say first we say we choose to put myself first and establish for example an emergency fund, but then we have to take those steps. Okay, so a week from now, I will uh, put a certain amount of money aside for me, and then you have to have a, a long term plan to. To really get to it, but then every time you do it, you say to yourself, "I choose." I think it takes a while, and you are a psychologist, so you know how long it takes to to change the internal dialogue. Uh, Actually, from- I, yes, and that's that's what I was thinking about. Is do you need to back up even further, um, so that if people when people say, "Oh, I choose this," um, do they need to clear? Uh, negative emotions or limiting beliefs before they can even say that. Absolutely, yes. Well, um, most of us, we have learned those uh, manuscripts and when we were five or eight, between five and eight years old, and and we've learned that money doesn't grow on the on the trees and things like that, and and um, and they limit what we do now. So. Um, EFT, emotional freedom technique, tapping is mm-hmm. a very good way. But of course, first you have to identify your limiting beliefs and, and your internal critic so that you can um, help yourself. And Linda, you are an expert in this area, so what is your take on this? Well, I, I think absolutely. I, I think that that's true. And, and, you know, people come to me with the idea that they know they need to get to that material, though they need to identify those negative beliefs and limiting emotions and all of that. Um, but when they're talking with you, uh, they probably don't expect that approach. That's so true, yes. They, yeah. they think that we just talk about numbers numbers and action steps and uh, when I point it out to them um, they're usually very surprised but intrigued most people are really intrigued because it's almost like the missing piece of the puzzle they're like oh that's why it never worked out before Uh uh-huh 
and uh-huh. uh, and yeah, uh, I was just wondering how open they are to that because it certainly is, you know, as we talked about earlier, a different approach than what most people expect. Yes, it, it is, and uh, I I have been really blessed and lucky that um, the people that I meet, and maybe the universe sends them to me, that uh, mm-hmm. they are ready because they have tried other things and they have realized that they are not one bit interested in numbers and they're not one bit interested in knowing what their statements say and all that. So there is that um, denial or, or avoidance and all that. So mm-hmm. when you say, hey, it seems like you are trying to avoid this issue, uh, can we talk a little bit more about it and ask for permission? And uh, there you go. You mm-hmm. That opens the door? Yeah, it's a totally different conversation than what uh-huh. they came for. Right, or what they think they came for. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's what they really came for. They just mm-hmm. didn't know it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a fascinating topic, I would imagine, as that door opens for you from your your point of view. Like I said, when they come to me, they already know that that's what they're here for. Yeah, and, and isn't it so that um, hardly anybody comes to see a psychologist for money issues, is it? Uh, very rarely. And yes. it's, it's even worse because I think, uh, certainly in my training, we did not learn how to take a financial history. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we did not learn to explore that other than, you know, the very basics or when people bring it up, perhaps. But it, there's a big gap, in my opinion, there's a big gap in our training with, with learning how to learn more about uh, who someone is with respect to that role in their life. Yes. So I certainly cannot uh, treat it like you can, but I can certainly, I can spot it and then... Um, uh, direct them to right person for financial therapy or, or tapping or something. Or at least I can make them aware uh, what is the point of view they um, they are operating from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's always fascinating as we do a money map, perhaps, or if we get into the tapping into wealth program, it's always fascinating that there are profound connections between money and other aspects of life that we never could have predicted. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fascinating to see. You know, it you know, can be a relationship issue or all kinds of things that as we begin to untangle those financial knots, we become aware of uh, other issues that are, are really cleared up in the same way. Yeah. yeah. I, I wonder if there would be a training for psychologists because this is such a, a profound, uh, very important issue for all therapists to know and, mm-hmm. and address. Yes, there there should be. And, you know, it's just really pretty profound, I think. And I think we all need to be much more um, sensitive to these issues and sensitive to understanding someone's financial history and um, the role that money played in the family. And, um, you know, there are certain things that people come in. I'm reminded of someone I saw several years ago who, who had an experience in her family that um, all the kids in the family got a new car when they turned 16. And she was the youngest, 
And when she came, she did not get a new car. Um, And it was really quite a a pivotal, pivotal experience for her because it changed her perception of who she was in the family. And no, no explanation was ever given. And that left its mark that she carried for years. And she had trouble being successful, and she really had trouble saving money. Mm. And it, it had such a profound impact on who she was, but it's not something we would normally look for. Yes. And so it was because she didn't feel she's worthy. Right. Mm. She was not worthy. She was not as important. She was not special. And they didn't love her as much. Oh, how tragic. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what you bring up as you say, moving from love to fear. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, she definitely went straight to fear and who could blame her, you know, and, and no one said a word. I mean, there may have been, uh, you know, financial circumstances in the family may have changed. There may have been legitimate reasons, but no one talked about it. No one said anything. So she, of course, assumed the worst. Yeah. So, yeah, it's heartbreaking. It is. So I think those those things people carry, you know, they carry in with me, but they carry with you as well, because she's not going to be able to save in the way she should. No, no. Mm. Yeah. And um, the other the other feeling that I encounter a lot is shame. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, people come to me as almost as a last resort, and then first thing they say, I'm really embarrassed mm-hmm. the way I have handled my money. Mm-hmm. And that comes from I should have done better, and... Uh, yeah, I should have known better. I should not have trusted this person. You know, I should have been smarter. All of those things. Yes. And operating from shame is not going to get you to any kind of loving, positive place, is it? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to first love ourselves mm-hmm. and have compassion. That's the thing, to have real compassion for ourselves and know that we always did the best we could that the level of consciousness we had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we take a look at with res- uh, with respect to the Tapping Into Wealth program is financial traumas. Mm. And again, from, from a psychological perspective, that's not something we typically focus on. But, you know, most of us have had some degree of financial trauma in some way or another. A bad investment, losing money, an illness, any number of things, a divorce. And I think it opens up a a huge doorway to understand the shame, as you mentioned, or the energy that we carry around money as we look at those traumas. Yes. um, Everybody has lost money at some point. Mm -hmm. So everybody has at least some of that that, uh, shame of not being smart enough or should have known better. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would, it's pretty, I would guess it's almost universal at some level. Mm-hmm, yes. I mean, well, even if it's when you were a kid, you know, you lost your money or someone stole your money or whatever it was. Yes, and we all, I think we are alone in it. Right, right. 
and we're not, you know. And that is when we do some of this work in a group setting. And you can see the recognition that people have when it's like, oh, I had that too. Or, you know, that was my experience. But they come from that starting point of embarrassment or shame. Yes, and it's so empowering to realize that, hey, I'm not alone. I'm not the most stupid person in the world. We all make mistakes. And uh, mm-hmm. here we are. We have this connection now mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. can shift energy and can actually multiply by uh, good energy when we all realize this thing at the same time. Exactly. And that's so, so powerful. Um We're getting ready to take another quick break here, and we'll be right back with my guest, financial expert, Nina Bagdasar. Be right back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Are you happy with your financial life, or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own mighty gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit drsanicola.com. Again, that's drsanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. We are visiting today with the compassionate money coach, Nina Bagdasar. I just gave you a new title, Nina. I love it. Thank the, you. The compassionate coach. <laughs> um, you know, we were ta- we started talking a little bit about where people get started in terms of moving from uh, fear to love and then um, to let go of those shoulds and move to uh, choice. And so if that's step one, and where do they go from there? 
Well, um, you you just you have to reframe your mind, saying every day I choose myself. I choose compassion on myself. I choose love, and uh, therefore I make an action step. And, um, and and do you give them that as homework to do? Is yes. that written down? Okay. Okay. Good. Yes. Yes. Because nobody's ever going to remember otherwise, I think. (laughs) It's hard to do. It's harder than it sounds, I think. It's harder than it sounds. You're so right. Um, We need to affirm ourselves, remind ourselves that we we are the most important person in the universe because we are unique and our set of circumstances are unique. Nobody has ever been like we are. And therefore, we, we shouldn't judge us because we are having this unique experience and, uh, and we choose to love ourselves because of that. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly love is the opposite of that nagging voice we, we so commonly hear that we talked about earlier. Yes. Well, um, as we talked about tapping and uh, isn't the first step is to acknowledge that nagging voice that... Uh, I uh, I realize that I'm nagging at myself, yet I choose to love myself and, and honor mm-hmm. even this this nagging feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, and from there, we we reframe and we choose to pay ourselves first. So that has lots of steps because in order for us to pay ourselves first, we really need to know where we are. And that's also a very uncomfortable place for many people because you actually have to look into your bank account uh, balance and your Mm -hmm. statements and uh, And, and get organized. And I think in today's world, it seems to me that a lot of people do less of that with technology. You know, they just, they, you know, do some of their banking online or they use their phones and they don't ever sit down and look at the big picture of maybe their expenses for the month or, you know, where in the old days we used to have our statements printed out and we'd go through line by line. And yes. people seem not to do as much of that today. Yes, because it's all scattered in different websites. Right. So I, I still um, I'm a proponent of the old-fashioned way, so um, if if somebody feels they are unorganized um, and I myself I have it I have an accordion filing system an Mm -hmm. old fashioned accordion file that has a pocket several pockets and uh, and I put there you know first um, the the estate planning documents like my will my trust and then Mm -hmm. the retirement fund statements and insurance policies and I print out bank account statements. I'm sorry, but yeah. uh, I'm still that generation that needs the paper to, to really understand and see what's going on. Right, and I, I think it's harder to get an overview unless you can look at it all at once. Yes. Yeah. Yes, even if, <clears throat> if you have to do it on, by yourself and, and have a one page and write down by hand. Um, mm-hmm. what you have, and how you spend it. It's a very good exercise to do. Mm-hmm. And then do, do you recommend that people use also financial management software? Yes, yes. There are um, 
There are several that are very good and um, and easy to use. Um, but you know, some people get frustrated right away. So first step would be just to have an accordion file, mm-hmm. and I would say second step would be to to set up a time once a week, like a Saturday morning, for fifteen minutes. Just take a look what happened that week. Mm-hmm. Um, what what bills were paid? Uh, how much money um, uh, went uh, to groceries and all that? And and clear our wallets and see oh. and all that. Yeah, and, clear and your wallets, <laughs> clear mm-hmm. your purse. That's yes. kind of a big deal. Yes, and you know, just just schedule fifteen minutes every Saturday morning. So it's not a, a big of a chore and it doesn't take too much time. Um, you can even set an alarm that after 15 minutes you're done. Right. And, and even if you're not done right away. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. I, I always have people do that. Use a timer. Yes. So they don't feel so overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that. I think um, there's a, an approach, a Japanese approach called Kaizen meaning that if you take one small step towards your goal, eventually you get there. Just all you have to do is 15 minutes a day or 15 minutes a week or whatever it is, and, and that as you do that consistently, you get to your desired spot. Yes. Where, whereas if you think, oh, if you look at it and you think, oh, my gosh, it's going to take me all day to do this, it's never going to happen. No, no. So 15 minutes every week, and then uh, maybe schedule on your monthly calendar, first day of the month, uh, decide to do one a little bit bigger step toward um, organizing your finances. Um, like what? So, what would that be? Like, a little bit okay, bigger step. The first, first month, I'm going to um, make a budget. Oh, not budget. Okay, oh. we need to reframe this. We make right. a spending plan. Spending plan, yes. The budget word has too much negative connotation. Oh, yes. That's a should, should do. Uh, but we choose to uh, how we spend our money. So it's a spending plan. So that mm-hmm. gives us an, uh, an idea where the money goes. And mm-hmm. then maybe next month we could say, okay, I'm going to write down all my, all of my debts and uh, the, the balances and how much I'm paying. And then you take the smallest payment and you double the smallest payment. And then you can tell yourself, hey, I'm paying more than I need to. I'm doing mm-hmm. really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then my understanding is, is that smaller one then gets paid off more quickly. And yes, then you and add that to the next one. Yeah. Then that one gets paid off more quickly, and and it adds a tremendous feeling of accomplishment, I think, as well. Yes. And of course, financial planners would say, "Oh, you need to look at the the percentages, how much you pay." But really, the emotional gratification comes when something mm-hmm. is paid off. Right. So right. Start from the smallest one. And and the smallest one, I think, with anything that we're doing, if you take this, the baby step, that's doable. Yeah. That's doable. We can do that. Whereas some of these other things, the big steps, people cannot do it. No, it's, it's tough. 
but I think if you, if you could just do one thing a month, first of the month you do one thing, that's 12 things a year. That's 24 mm-hmm. things in two years. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And that really, you know, if you look at it that way, that certainly moves your life forward. Yes. Even if, you know, uh, uh, yeah, it just moves your life forward in a much more rapid pace than you would have experienced otherwise. Yeah, you gain energy. Mm-hmm. And then you have a life of its own. Exactly, exactly. And I think, um, you know, uh, the whole idea, really, that I think we're talking about is bringing consciousness to our financial life, bringing awareness. That's right. And and sometimes we have maybe some habits that we don't realize what it's costing us. You know, for example, I, I'm thinking of um, someone that I have worked with who want, needed to make some financial cutbacks. And she realized she was getting two coffees a day. And so we added up how much that cost a week and a month. And she was so shocked by the monthly expense for, you know, a cup of coffee as she was walking into and out of her office building. And she felt quite empowered as she gained that awareness and then was able to change that and save at least half that money. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I taught the class last Saturday and I uh, we was saying that when you know how you spend money and then you are able to reduce your spending, um, you can put all that thing, all that money that you're saving. For example, if you pay $100 for cable and you get to talk them down to 80 you get $20 extra. You put it in your money for me, your slush fund, mm-hmm. where, uh, where it grows. And, and then when you have more there, you can go and have a massage or treat yourself and feel really good because it's the money you saved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that brings us, I think, to a, another point that, that you brought up uh, when we were talking before about an attitude of gratitude. Mm, yes. How, yeah, how important that may be. Yes, we we don't think that we need to be grateful when we pay bills, mm-hmm. um, but uh, if we are, it, it will shift the energy again. You know, we have electricity, we have uh, you know heat, we have uh, water. We have water. Yes, we need <laughs> yeah. to be grateful for our water. <laughs> yes, so we'll be happy to pay for it. And even, I think one of the things I I saw somewhere about being happy when you pay things on credit because you're grateful that the credit was extended to you. That's right, yeah. You know, and that there's always a way to look at it um, with more positive energy. Yes. It it reminds me of another circumstance that I um, was working with a lady who had trouble getting her kids to do their homework. And she realized that as she sat down to pay her bills, what she would say out loud. And it would be a a complaint. 
and negative think, oh, you know, I hate doing this. I don't want to do these. I've got to make time, blah, blah. And so the kids heard that all the time. And the kids were exposed to that. And guess mm-hmm. what attitude they took when they had to do their homework? Oh, yes. It's exactly the same. And yeah. I, I think that's one way that sometimes these attitudes become more pervasive in the family than we realize. So I realize it's time for us to take another short break. We'll be right back with my guest, the compassionate money coach, Nina Bagdasar. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you happy with your financial life or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories resulting in transformed lives. You will learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Women's Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit drsanicola.com. Again, that's drsanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking today with the compassionate money coach, Nina Bagdasar. And Nina, I want to start this segment by um, thanking you for your time and your wisdom today. And I appreciate it so much. Oh, thank you, Linda. I'm, I'm so delighted to talk to you. It's been a pleasure to be in this program and, and tell about compassion in money. Money and compassion, yes. So if people would like to reach out to you and uh, get some more information or find out more about working with you, how can they do that? I have a website, and uh, it's nina-bagdasar 
at squarespace.com. And I could give my phone number, too, if that's okay. Sure. My phone number is 949-887-8935. Thank you. And, you know, uh, just so you all know, Nina is spelled with two I's. Mm-hmm. It's yes. I. It's N-I-I-N-A, two I's. It's so Finnish way. It's the Finnish way, yes. And uh, um, so make sure you put those two I's in there. So, you know... I know there there are a number of things that we could continue to talk about probably for another hour, uh, Nina. But um, when it comes to the steps that we were talking about, um, what's next? Hmm. So we talked about getting organized and doing one thing. Right, Um, and scheduling a time each week. Yes. Um, And attitude of gratitude. Is it about paying yourself first? Is that next? Paying yourself first. um, And start small because, um, you know, it would be great if we paid 10% to ourselves first. That would leave 90% to to giving to others. Um, And it's it's not selfish to take 10% for yourself. Um, But um, it feels overwhelming to some people in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So, mm-hmm. again, be kind to yourself. And even if it's just that $5 latte that you don't uh, have today, uh, put that in an envelope at mm-hmm. once a week and start with that. Just so, again, the baby step, starting small, whatever, even if it's any amount, is a good amount to start with. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have another step that, involves money as a voice. That's my favorite step. (laughs) Okay, tell me about that. Because every time we use money, we cast our vote. Uh, Mm. It's our choice as a consumer. Um, And that brings us to conscious spending. Because we need Mm -hmm. to be conscious about the future of this earth. And is our money as our voice, are we showing that we care um, to reduce pollution, to to uh, not deplete Mother Earth from all the resources, that there will be some for our children and their children. Um, uh, do we use cruelty-free meat when we make dinner? And, um, and uh, uh, are we supporting sustainable energy? Know that. Mm-hmm. And, and even... Um I found myself looking for some some materials recently, and I had to really do a double take and consider which store I was going to go into because one of them, it's my understanding, has a, a philosophy that I'm not sure I want to support. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really had to think through that. Do I want to support this store and give them my business, or do I want to go to another store? And uh, and give them my business because they might have a, a corporate or a business philosophy that's more consistent with what my beliefs are. Yes, that's very good thinking because um, since money is energy, do we want to give that energy to something that we don't believe in, something that mm-hmm. is robbing employees or or uh, is robbing um, Mother Earth or or just be having a really bad policies. 
Mm-hmm. So we really don't want to give our energy there, do we? Right, and and just bringing consciousness again to that whole issue, I think, sometimes, because we're on autopilot, or maybe we see an ad that says, oh, this, this store has a really good sale or a really good buy on whatever it is, and and that was the case in this instance, and I thought, oh, wait a minute, that may not matter to me, it may matter more to me, I'll pay a few more dollars, but those dollars are going to go to support a business that I think is fair or compassionate or whatever it may be. Yes. I woke up this morning with the thought, um, is it so important not to leave money on the table? And, and we can use it in this, this context saying that um, we are conditioned um, to, to um, make profit even in our lives. So we have to, to spend the least amount and get the most. So mm-hmm. how about if we change that into a more uh, conscious spending where we we put our money behind something that we believe in and see what would happen, how it would shift the whole paradigm and uh, maybe we will be more prosperous and abundant uh, even though we're spending a little bit more to support a good cause. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you find that that philosophy seems to be um, becoming more commonplace? Well, if you uh, look at um, how people are investing these days, um, uh, people are looking more and more to uh, sustainable energy stocks. Uh, They're do- looking for a socially conscious um, companies. And uh, so that is becoming... Uh, more and more popular, so there there really seems to be a shift, a major shift. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. People at at an individual level don't uh, they they will feel, feel that they can sacrifice a little bit of the return in order to make a statement with their investment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I find this is at a very small level, but I find that um, oftentimes I want to support a business that that treats their employees well or teaches their employees how to interact with their customers in a positive way where they're nice to me or they're kind to me or they're helpful to me. And then I I notice that that whole attitude permeates throughout a a store. Yeah. And I realize we are almost out of time today, Nina. I want to thank you once again for your wisdom and your compassion today. Oh my goodness! It went so fast. I know. <laughs> it's always, I always so. I'm so lucky to have you as a friend, and uh, always a privilege to talk to you, Dr. Linda. Well, thank you so much. You're going to have to come back and chat with us again as we move through more material like this, and. Uh, I hope you will all join me uh, next week as we shift topic. We're going to talk a little bit about relationships with John Serac, who is a life coach and the experienced bachelor. And he works with people uh, to help them learn to be a better version of themselves, especially divorced men forging a new identity for themselves and building new skills. Please like my show's Facebook page, Dr. Linda Sanicola. Also, if this show has touched your heart or made a difference in your life, please consider a sponsorship or a gift of financial support. And I leave you today with these words from Nick Ortner. Grant me the strength to keep my heart open this week. 
to forgive and let go, to acknowledge my patterns of stress and to release them, to be present and mindful and kind. Thanks for listening. See you all next week. Thank you for listening. Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola can be heard each Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope to have you join us again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.